All right, so chromosomes come in pairs, and each chromosome pair constitutes several genes. So if you look up on this little diagram right here, here's one chromosome pair, and at a specific location on that, you have a gene. And what is the purpose of a gene? To make proteins. So, yes. So, each gene makes one or codes for one protein. But because it's a pair, it has how many opportunities? Two. So, if you have both of the genes that code for that protein, are you going to have more or less protein? More protein. All right. So, genes make proteins. Now, the, um, there are how many pairs of chromosomes? 23. Now, out of those, all of them but one pair, are, each chromosome is exactly like the other one. So, there's one pair that's different. What are those called? The sex one, so X and the Y. The others are called autosomal. So, how many autosomal chromosomes do you have? We'll actually have 44, but 22 pairs. So 22 pairs, 44 autosomal chromosomes. And then how many sex chromosomes? Two or one pair. All right, now as far as inheritance goes, we've got a couple different patterns. The one you probably learned about in high school if you took high school biology is called simple or Mendelian um, inheritance. And it's where you have one gene that controls one trait. So if that gene is on an autosomal gene, we call it an autosomal Mendelian blah 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 inheritance. So we have two types of, in, of Mendelian patterns. We have what's called autosomal dominant and autosomal recessive. Now what do we say a gene does? Makes proteins. Now in the case of autosomal dominant, you've got a screwed up protein that causes a disease. Okay, so you, you have a, a criminal protein, if you will, and that criminal creates the disease. So all it takes is one criminal to cause problems. That's why it's called dominant. You only need one in order to have that problem. Now, autosomal recessive, think of it as in you have two gene or two alleles for one gene, both chromosomes don't make a, a protein that you need. So you're going to have a disease if you lack both of those proper alleles. What is an allele, by the way? I don't know. All right, so on a gene, you have, you know, for each gene, you have two chromosomes, right? So on each chromosome, you have the possibility for it to code for this kind of thing or something else. So for example, um, for, um, for clotting factor 7. The gene that makes clotting factor 7, you can have an allele that makes it properly, or you can have an allele that is screwed up. Does that make sense? So the allele is the possibility of a chromosome. Kind of like you're a person, and the two alleles would be female or male. And you're female, so you're not male. Yeah. Your brother, is a person and he had an allele he could have been male or female he turned out to be male so there's two possibilities 
it'll either make the it'll either code for the protein properly or it won't. That's called an allele. All right, so let's talk about autosomal dominant first. So an autosomal dominant, if you have the that allele that codes for the screwed up protein, you will have the disease. So the most common example is Huntington's disease. It's a disease that affects um, people. Typically, it doesn't happen until they're 50 years old. So in the past, it was much more common because we, you didn't know if you were going to have it or not until you were in your 50s. Now we can test you for it. And if you have it in your 20s, you might want not want to have children so you don't pass it on to your kids. So it's a disease that's characterized by neurological breakdown. A person will eventually lose control of all of their body functions and their mind. Now, the way it works with dominant, um, with dominant inherent inheritance patterns is you hardly ever have a person who has two Huntington's disease alleles because people who have Huntington's disease in their family don't tend to marry other people with Huntington's disease in their family because everyone will get the disease eventually. So generally speaking, what you're going to have is you're going to have someone who has Huntington's disease. And so in this case, I'm going to use H plus to mean Huntington's disease. And I'm going to use H0 to mean no Huntington's disease. So this could be the mom. It could be the dad. And for those of you who are listening, we're making a Punnett square. All right. Now, the other parent is going to be two H0s because they are normal. They do not have the disease. So when you do out the Punnett square, what are you going to have on this first part? If we'll go with the top one. You're going to get H0, H+, plus, and then H0, H+. Plus. Over on the other side, you're going to get H0, H0, and H0, H0. So if you add up how many people came out with H0, H+, plus? two. Two out of how many? Two out of four. So what are the chances? 50%. And how many came out H0, H0, or completely normal? 50%, two out of four. So in Huntington's disease, the way it's generally going to work is any time a person with Huntington's disease gets married, half their kids will have the disease, half their kids will be normal. Now, there is no carrier, because if you have the gene, you have the disease. But when does it come on in life? Later on in life. So you don't necessarily have the disease at the time you have the kids. You don't have the disease manifested at the time you have kids. Right now, there's no cure for it, but we were, are working on gene therapy so, to prevent it from coming on. And you can test for it. So the type, of, um, the type of question that we're going to have is we're going to, um, you're going to have a question, something like this. You know, you have a young couple who comes to you for genetic counseling. The father has genetic, has uh, Huntington's disease and or the husband has Huntington's disease in his family and wants to be tested for Huntington's disease. You know, if he has the gene, you know, what would you tell him about his children? And the correct answer would be half will be normal, half will have the disease. All right. So if they have two kids, 
Yes. Now, one of the things we have to be careful about is percentages don't always equal out in the real world. You know, if you flip a coin a hundred times, there'll be some times where you might have 10 heads in a row. Even though it's not likely, it is possible. So if a, if a person, let's say they have six kids, on average, you would expect three of them to have the disease and three to be normal. But you could easily get all six having the disease or you could easily get all six being normal just because chance is, you know, it's predictable over long periods of time, but over just a few times, it's not that predictable. Well, there it is called multiple answers, so <laughs> so yes, there will probably be some some quite some answers that look quite nice on that sheet. All right, the next one that we get is called autosomal recessive, and there's three diseases that I want you to remember for autosomal recessive. They are sickle cell anemia, cystic fibrosis, and PKU. So let me just describe the diseases very briefly. Um, in sickle cell anemia, the person is missing the gene that properly codes for adult hemoglobin. As a result, they make a, an improper hemoglobin that when it gets cold, breaks and causes the cell to turn into like a half moon shape. Those broken cells then collect in a person's capillaries and cause pain, also cause anemia most common in um, black children, in black families. Um, cystic fibrosis is a disease where a person lacks the proper gene to make chloride gates. As a result, they have a hard time getting fluids to move back and forth. So what they're going to have is they're going to have very thick, sticky mucus because they can't dilute it properly with water. They're going to have trouble digesting and absorbing food. So as a result, they typically are going to be malnourished and they're going to have what we call the 4F stool. Foul, floating, frothy, and something else. But nasty, is uh, fatty. It's very fatty stool because they can't absorb the fats because they can't secrete bile properly to absorb them. That's most common in people of, northeast, of northern European descent. And then um, PKU is phenylketonuria. The person is missing the gene that's required to metabolize phenylalanine correctly. So as they try and metabolize phenylalanine, it turns into ketones, phenylketones, which in turn, in a child, can cause severe mental retardation. In adults, it doesn't cause retardation, but it just causes, I think, GI upset and, you know, they don't feel good, kind of like flu-like symptoms. Now, that disease is completely treatable by simply not giving that person food that contains phenylalanine. So, you know, if you ever look on food packages, sometimes it'll say this product contains phenylalanine. What it means is a child with, with PKU should not be eating that food. All right, so those are the three diseases that you need to know. So they're autosomal recessive, which means that the gene or the disease is passed on by not producing any normal protein of, of the normal protein that we need. So in this case, you can have carriers because if you have, let's use uh, cystic fibrosis, so I'll use F. 
Now, F plus in this case means makes the protein you want. And F0 means makes no protein. So first, we're going to deal with the case of where you have a carrier who's got one, one normal and one abnormal. And that person's going to marry someone who's completely normal. All right, so when you do out your Punnett square, you get, you get two F pluses and two F pluses. And then you get F plus F0, F plus F0. All right, so when you add up, what do you get? You have, you have two that are F plus F0, two out of four. And then you have two out of four that are F plus F plus F plus and two that are F plus F zero. So what does that mean? All right, so they're carriers. Now, here's a case where you could have a tricky question on a test because you could say you have you know, a parent who's a carrier marrying someone who's normal and they want to know, you know what are the chances that their kids could have the disease. What's the correct answer? Zero. None will have the disease. But some of you are going to pick half, which when you mean is half will be carriers but not necessarily the disease. So be very careful what the question is asking for. Just like in real life, people will ask you questions and you think you hear the question a certain way, and you can really scare that parent, or you can give them a false sense of hope if you don't answer the question that they actually ask rather than the one you think they ask. Do you have a, uh, two Yes, if you have two parents who both have cystic fibrosis, in that case, all of the genes are abnormal. So no matter what the kid is, it, that kid is going to have the disease, which is why it's very rare that people with cystic fibrosis marry each other. I said very rare. I didn't say it can't happen, but it's very rare. And it's not advised because you're, you're guaranteed to give your kid cystic fibrosis. All right, um, so the next case that we typically will encounter is where you have someone who has, who are both, you have two carriers. You have one, so one F plus and one F zero for the mom and for the dad. All right, in this case, we're gonna have one, one child with F plus F plus one with F0, F plus, one with F plus, F0. By the way, what's the uh, commutative law of mathematics? One F0, F0. What's the commutative law of mathematics? That one plus two is the same thing as two plus one, right? So F plus, F0 is the same thing as F0, F plus. All right, so now when we do out our averages, how many people are F plus, F plus? One out of four, and in percentages, that would be 25%. How many are F zero, F plus? Two out of four, which is 50%. And then F zero, F zero? One out of four. So how many kids are normal? 75%. How many are carriers? 50%. How many have no disease, not carriers? 25%. How many have the disease? 25%. All right. Oh, and by the way, this thing about you know 
someone with cystic fibrosis marrying someone else with cystic fibrosis. That's a fairly recent phenomenon. Up until the 60s even, cystic fibrosis was considered a lethal allele, which meant that the child would die, you know, typically by age two. And with modern treatment up to nine, and then lately, you know, people live into their 40s and 50s. But that is a fairly, fairly recent phenomenon. So, you know, 50 years ago, you wouldn't have anyone marrying someone else with cystic fibrosis because they would be dead before they got to the, even to puberty. So when, now, like for example, my friend just had a double lung transplant. Mm -hmm. Does she still, she still has cystic fibrosis? Right, so is she going to affect right. those? She has, cystic, she has cystic fibrosis. All right, so for those of you who can't hear, um, the person with cystic fibrosis just had a lung transplant. The lung transplant will cure the lung aspect of cystic fibrosis. It doesn't cure the, um, the digestive part. Now, those lungs, since it's mitosis, will continue to re reproduce normal lung tissue. So, so it won't invade, but she has to deal with all the immunosuppressant issues of lung transplants also. Okay. Her lungs will be fine. Yes, yeah, her lungs will be fine as long as she doesn't get infections from the immunosuppression. All right, so we've done autosomal dominant. What's the disease you need to know? Huntington's. We've done autosomal recessive. Autosomal recessive is a little more complicated because you have two situations. You've got the carrier situation, and then you have you know, one a carrier marrying a normal person, and then you have two carriers marrying each other. Sure. On the test, would you say, like with the last one we just did, would you say how many would be normal? And would normal be the 25%? And then would you say how many won't have the disease? And would that be yeah, so if I, I won't use the word normal okay. unless I say completely normal, which would mean no, not even carrier. Yeah, I would say doesn't have the disease, and that would be 75% in the case of two carriers marrying each other. One parent's a carrier, one parent is normal. That's going to be 50% our carriers. All right, so that is our autosomal. Next, we're going to do what we call sex-linked.